The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Would you take your Bible, please, and turn to Exodus chapter 33? Exodus chapter 33, and we're going to look at verses 17 and 18. We'll look at more verses as the message progresses, but at the start, verses 17 and 18 of Exodus chapter 33. When I get to verse 18, would you read that with me out loud, please? When I get to verse 18, please, everyone, would you read that out loud with me? All right, I'll start in verse 17. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Everyone? And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Once again, if you would. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. The title of the message this morning is Show Me Your Glory. Show me your glory. Charles Spurgeon said in a sermon on this passage that this is the greatest petition man ever asked of God. The greatest petition, the greatest prayer man ever asked of God is, God, show me your glory. God's glory is the manifestation of His presence and power. It's the majestic manifestation of His presence and power in your life. Someone said it this way, God's glory is the sum total of who he is. And so Moses was saying to God, God, right now in my life, would you let me see you? Would you let me see you for who you really are? And this is the greatest petition, I agree, known to man. I ask you students this morning, is, is, God, is God just a person on the page to you, a name on the page? Is God, is God just a concept to you? Is God, is God someone that you hear others talk about in a personal way, but you don't have that experience? You might say, Pastor Zach, I mean, that's fine for preachers like you. I mean, you talk about having a personal relationship with the Lord, and I expect that you're supposed to do that, and that's fine. I mean, you, act, you actually act like you believe it, Pastor Zach, and like you experience that. That's great for you. That's great for other preachers. I don't have that. I don't know that. I've never experienced that in my life. Or maybe here you, you have a, a, a personal relationship that's vital and ongoing with the Lord, but you want more of that in your life. You want to see that in a greater way in your life. I'm here to tell you this morning, first of all, there is a God, and second of all, you can know Him personally. There is a real God, and you can know Him personally. He will show Himself to you. If you seek Him, He will show Himself to you in, in unmistakable ways, if you pray. And I hope I can give you a taste for that this morning. I hope I, I can encourage you in that way this morning. David said, my, fault, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. Paul said that I may know him. And that should be our prayer as well. I hope you get there while you're a student here. 
I hope you get to this place in your life. So let's look at this passage. And first of all, I want you to notice from the passage that God's glory came to Moses. God's glory was shown to Moses in a time of challenge. First of all, God's glory came in a time of challenge. Now let's consider the context. Moses goes up on on Mount Sinai, right? He goes up there the first time and he gets the Ten Commandments. He gets other commandments that uh, are, are, are fill in the blanks uh, uh, of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments weren't the, the whole that God wanted to give to Israel. It was just a summary. And so you have the Ten Commandments, you have these other commandments, and Moses goes up there and he receives that. Now he goes back up a second time and he receives some more commandments, including the command on how to build the tabernacle. So he's up there, he's up there for 40 days, Okay. He's up there for 40 days. The people, you know the story, most of you that know your Bible, the people of Israel become restless down below. And uh, they do this bizarre thing. They, They talk to Aaron, the high priest, and they convince him to take their golden earrings and put them in a fire, melt them down, and create a golden calf that they would worship. And so they, they create in this golden calf that becomes an idol. They actually call it worship to Jehovah God. So they're so deluded. And uh, they said, we need something visible here to worship. And Moses comes down from the mountain and he sees a party going on. I mean, it, uh, they're calling it worship, but it's a party. And so this party's going on and they're worshiping this golden calf. And what does Moses do? If you read the passage before, Moses is upset, and he should be. He's very angry. He expresses his righteous righteous anger this way. He breaks the golden tablets of stone. He crushes the golden calf. He grinds it into powder. He mixes the powder into water, and then he makes the people drink it. You say, man, he was upset. He was upset. I, I know what he was thinking. I think I know what he was thinking. He was thinking... Didn't I just tell you not to do this? I mean, I, I, just, I just came down with the Ten Commandments. The first commandment says, have no other gods before God. The second one says, make no graven images. I just told you people this. By the way, this reminds me of some experiences I had with my mother, okay? Who's with me out there? My mother would catch me doing something that she just told me not to do right? Who's with me? Okay. And she'd always put her hands on her hips. That meant I was in trouble, right? I don't know what that is, but she would do this. And then she would say, Timothy, whenever she used my full name, I was really in trouble. Okay. She'd say, Timothy, what are you doing? What are you doing? I just told you not to do that. Didn't, what did you not understand? Yeah, it was kind of that loud. What did you not understand? I just told you not to do that. And you know what I would do? I would use the ignorance technique. How many of you have ever used that technique? (laughs) The ignorance technique, pretend like I didn't know that she told me to do that. By the way, did the ignorance technique work for you? It never worked for me either. Okay, she never bought the ignorance technique, but anyway, I would try that one. And so the people, Moses comes down, he says that, didn't I just tell, didn't I just tell you this? And, and, and uh, they, oh, he goes to Aaron. Oh, this is, this is amazing. He goes to Aaron, his brother, the high priest. He said, hey, I made you responsible. I left you in charge. What are you, what are you, what are you doing? And remember Aaron's response? Well, you know the people, you know the people. I mean, they pressured me and they showed up with these golden earrings and I threw it into a fire and out jumped a calf. It was amazing. It was just amazing how that happened. A calf just came out. I mean, I don't know how. That's what he said. But by the way, that reminds me of some other encounters with my mother, right? She would catch me doing something 
and she would say, Timothy, what are you doing? And I would try the stupid excuse technique. How many of you tried that? The stupid <laughs> excuse technique. Did that work for you? No, it never worked for me either. My sister, by the way, she could give a good excuse. I mean, my sister would say something, you'd look at her and go, wow, that's good. That, that's convincing. <laughs> Mine were so stupid. When, I, when, when they were coming out of my mouth, I was saying to myself, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and I'm the one saying it. Right? Who's with me? Okay. So that never worked. But anyway, Aaron goes, you know, out jumps a calf. Amazing. I don't know. The people. Uh, and I just put it in the fire and out jumps a calf. Oh, you can imagine Moses. He's angry. He's upset. He has to deal with this. And so God kills the instigators of the rebellion. God said, God, God knew who started it. And God said, I'm going to set an example here. He kills all the instigators. And then Moses pleads with God, don't, don't, don't destroy the rest of us. He pleads with God on behalf of the people. He's begging God to, to, to keep his blessings with the people. You see, the nation of Israel, instead of seeking to know God as he is, they invented a God of their own making, a God of their own liking, a God they can manipulate for their own self-righteous desires and for their own lust. And Moses says, God, please, God, please don't destroy them. Have mercy on them. So Moses, this is what Moses is dealing with in this, in this story. Not, not to mention the people, and Pastor preached on this, the people are constantly complaining. They're saying, well, why did you bring us out here? I mean, I wish, I remember this passage in Numbers 11, I wish we were back in Egypt where there were cucumbers, melons, and leeks. I can relate with the cucumbers and melons. I don't get the leeks thing. I don't know. It sounds messy. But anyway, they said, boy, we were back. Well, we were, when we were back in Egypt, yeah, we were slaves. We got beaten. We had to make bricks out of mud. But we had leeks. Praise God. Oh, those leeks were so good. Oh, man, I love those leeks. They're complaining. Just ridiculous complaints. Why did you bring us out here, Moses? You're just trying to kill us, Moses. So Moses has this great mountaintop experience with the Lord, and then he comes down. He has a down moment. Literally, he comes down from the mountain, and he has to deal with the harsh realities of working with these people. Here's what I found, young people. God allows pressure to progress you. God is going to bring you to some challenges beyond yourself. Sometimes it's like he's getting you to the edge of the cliff. God's going to bring you to some challenges beyond yourself. And uh, what he's trying to do is get you to a place of desperate dependence so that you seek him passionately and say, God, you've got to come through here. You've got to come. That happened to me here. I hope it happens to you. Now, you can go another direction. You can go your own way. And you make things worse when you do that. You make things worse. But God will get you to a place where the pressure is overwhelming and you just, you, you say, God, please, you have to come through. I need to see you. I need to know you and your power. God allows trials and challenges in your life so that you will seek his glory. So first of all, notice that God's glory came to Moses in the time of challenge. Number two, I want you to notice from the passage that God's glory came in a response to craving. Look at verse 15. Look at Moses' passionate pursuit of God and his craving for God and his blessing. Look at verse 15. This is a great prayer. There's a lot of great prayers in this passage. This is one of them. And he said unto him, 
Moses says to God, if thy presence go not with me, carry us up not hence. God, if I can't know your special presence, don't, I don't want to go forward. I do not want to go forward unless I know your special presence is with me. God, unless I know, unless I have an acute awareness of your presence and power right now, I don't want to go any more forward. That's a great prayer. By the way, this, this, this pairs well with what Dr. Scott Pauley preached. What a great series of messages on the awareness of God's presence in your life. And that's what Moses is saying. Now, why did he say this? Look at verse 2 and 3, everyone. Why did Moses even pray this? God, please go with us. Because God said, I'm not going to go with you. Oh, look at verse 2. Uh, God says, I will send an angel before thee. So, I'm going to send an angel, verse 3, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. God says, uh, you've had my special presence, uh, but it's not going to continue. I'll send an angel with you, but I'm not going to go uh, personally. My spe- now, God is everywhere. So he's talking about his special presence and blessing. That's not going to go with you. Because the people are, they're corrupt. And Moses then prays and pleads with God. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7, everyone. This, I think, will be a blessing to you if you let this soak into your spirit. Look at verse 7. And Moses took the tabernacle. Now stop there. This is not the tabernacle you think of, which was the corporate place of worship. This was Moses' own personal tent until the tabernacle was finished. So Moses would use this tent... He would go inside of it, he would meet with God, and then he would meet with the people and handle disputes and answer questions and such. So Moses had this tabernacle, where he, personal tabernacle, where he would meet with God, which reminds me, young people, all of us need a place where we meet with God. Find a distinct place. I have one I meet with God every morning. I met with God this morning. When I was here, I had a distinct place as a student. Now, I, not every morning could I. Some mornings, you know, I just couldn't. But I had a distinct place where I met with God. And I would separate myself. Look what it says here. It says, Moses pitched it without the camp, verse 7, afar off from the camp, called it the tabernacle of thy co- the congregation. Well, I, I think he did that because the people were so corrupt. And he said, I've got to separate myself. I've got to get outside the camp. I've got to meet with God out there. Now look at this. Look at verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. I promise you, young people, I promise you, well, I I can guarantee based on my own personal experience, and I'm not the only one. If you'll separate some time and find a distinct place to meet with God and read your Bible and pray and then just stop. By the way, how do you pray? You just talk like a child to his father or like this passage, as a friend to a friend. That's how you talk to God. It's, just, it's that simple. It's not, it's not formal. You just talk to God, and then you stop, and you listen, and let God prompt your spirit. It's amazing. Who's with me? It's amazing when it happens. God says, here's what you need to do, Tim. There's where you need to go. Here's my word for you today. 
And so he's talking to God as a friend to a friend in this place. Look at verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, well, who's this angel? <laughs> Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight. Now here's a great prayer. Would you underline this in your Bible if you underline? This is a prayer for a college student, for every believer, but a college student especially. Show me now thy way. Show me your way, God, that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight. God, show me your way. Show me your way. Show me yourself. Help me to find grace in your sight. I like the last prayer too. He says, he says uh, and consider that, that this nation is thy people. Dr. Phillips, have you ever prayed this way? God, this is your house. God, this is your car. <laughs> God, this is, these are your children. <laughs> You've let me borrow them, but these are, oh, this is your church, God. He says, Moses says, God, this is your nation. Would you help me with these people? Help me with, they're your people. They're your people. Show me your way. Show me your way. Show me yourself. Show me your way. And God says in verse 14, and he said, my presence shall go with me. Don't tell me God doesn't respond in prayer to time. God's sovereign plan outside of time involves responding to prayer in time. God's will is not static. God's will is dynamic. He responds to faith. He responds to prayer. He said to Moses, I'm not going. Then Moses prays and he says, oh, I'm going. I'm going with you. Prayer works. Prayer works. God listens to prayer. God responds to prayer. It's all over the Bible. We don't have a fatalistic view of the future. God uses prayer as a means to do his work. And he said to Moses, I'm going with you. Verse 15, he says again, and he says unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us up not hence. God, I don't want to go forward unless your special presence is with me. I can't go forward unless I know you're with me. And that's what all of us need to pray. I can't go forward in this semester. I can't go forward in my life. I can't go forward with these decisions, Lord, unless I know your, your special presence is there with me. I need to know it. Would you show me your glory so that I can know? You see, young people, without God's blessing in your life, you will not be a true success. Without God's blessing, you will not be a true success. So crave the blessing of God. Crave God, crave his blessing. Raw, raw talent is not enough. Ability is not enough. In fact, I believe this. Please don't be offended by this. I know my heart on this. The more good-looking you are or you think you are, I know good looks are, that's relative, the more good-looking you are, the more talented you are, the more physical ability you have, the more intellect you have, the more susceptible you are to do your own thing and go in your own flesh. And sometimes God has to do something to get your attention and say, that isn't going to work. That's not going to get you very far. 
And we would all be wise to say, I'm not going to trust in myself. I'm going to, not my ability, not my talent, not my, I'm going to trust in God. I can't handle life on my own. I can't go forward without God. And it'll be a great place in your life when you humble yourself and say that to God. I desperately need you today and every day because I can't do this. And that's what he prayed. It was craving. This from a guy who already saw God in a burning bush. He saw the 10 plagues in Egypt. He, he saw God part the Red Sea. And Moses still said, that's not enough. I, I need, I'm going to passionately pursue God till the day I die. I'm going to continue to ask God for his glory. And he expresses to us and exemplifies to us today this passionate pursuit of God in a consistent way throughout his life. And God showed him his glory. In a time of challenge, number two, in a response to craving. And this, this part here is very mysterious, but uh, let's look at it. It's baffling to Bible scholars. I'm going to give you my thoughts on it, okay? Take it for what you will, but let's look at verses 19 through 23. So verse 18, we already read, Moses says, show me your glory. And he said, God said, I will make all my, what's the next word, everyone? Goodness pass before you. Now, God used a different word here. Now, he uses glory later, but he uses a, 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 um, a different word. In fact, this word is used in another passage and translated beauty. So God, I think God is saying here, this is my thoughts on this, okay? I think God is saying here, I'm going to, and we see this later in the passage, I'm not going to show you all of my glory, but I'm going to show you part of it. I'm going to let my beauty pass before you, my goodness to some degree, but I'm going to let you see, I'm going to let you get a glimpse of that. And, I will, and look at verse 19 again. I will make all my goodness pass before thee, God said, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. I, Moses, I can't show you all my glory. It would kill you. Verse 21, and the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory passes by that I will put thee in the cliff of the rock and cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face thou shalt... This is it's somewhat mysterious, isn't it? God says, tell you what, I'm going to walk by and I'll cover your face when, I, when, I, when the front of me walks by so you won't see my face, my full glory. And I'll uncover it while I'm passing. Now, here's what I believe. If this is speaking literally, this is a personal appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament in his full glorified form. Now, we know Jesus appeared in the Old Testament in a diminished form, meaning he didn't exemplify his full glory. But in this case, Jesus showed up and said, I'll cover your eyes while I'm walking by because you can't look me in the face. We know what Jesus looks like now, Revelation tells us. His hair is white as wool. His eyes are like a flame of fire. His feet are like brass. And when he speaks, it's like the sound of many waters. How many of you have been to Niagara Falls? Would you raise your hand? You can't talk when you're there. You're shouting to people. You go on that boat, the boat that goes in there, 
You're shouting. No, the, it's so loud. Isaiah said when he speaks, the whole temple in heaven shakes. That's Jesus. When we see Jesus face to face, we're not going to run up and give him a hug. We're going to hit our face. We're going to hit our face. And he might say, you can rise, come here. Let me talk to you. But we're all going to hit our face. Like John did when he got the revelation. He said, I fell at his feet like I was dead. And so Moses said, God said to Moses, I'll show you part of my glory. There's a dispensational lesson here. The Old Testament only provides in a shadow what the New Testament provides in substance. Jesus did come. Look at these verses and we'll close with this. John 1.14, and the word, that's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Look at 2 Corinthians 3 uh, and, um, and verse 18. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord. This is the mirror, everyone, right here. We with open face or unveiled view, with a clear view, we behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord and we're changed into the same image from glory to glory. From one level of glory to another, we are changed into the image of Christ, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's what happens when we get alone with God and get into our Bible. We start to see Jesus and we are changed into the same image. If we are in tune with him, we are changed into the same image from one level of glory to another. We learn God's best from the best Jesus. We learn God's best from Jesus. Hey, hey, if I want to learn how to ba play basketball, okay, I go find the best basketball player and say, show me how to, I go, I go find a great coach. I say, show me how to play. I don't find someone that can't play and ask them to show me how to play. Are you with me? If I want to play the piano, I find the best pianist I know and say, show me. I find the best piano pe teacher and I say, show me. Show me how to play the piano. Hey, I learned this when I was here. This practical tip for you here on a Tuesday morning. If you want good grades, study with people who get good grades. Write that down. I was failing Greek. Is Greek still hard today? Who's with me? Is Greek still hard? Anybody taking it out there? Could they just lighten up on the Greek? I'm just, say I'm just saying. But anyway, uh, no, no, they were testing us. And it was hard. I mean, you know the Greek students because they had these cards and all day long they're walking like this, flipping cards. Flipping cards. Uh, Greek students. Flipping cards, flipping cards. Okay, so I was, I was bombing. And you know what? I found this guy who was getting it. He was acing Greek. And I said, I'm going to study with you. I studied with him, and guess what happened? My grades went up. I said, this could work for every class. I'm going to find the A student in every class and study with him. I was annoying, but it worked, okay? <laughs> it worked. My grades went up. In fact, I did pretty well in Greek. Thank you. Praise God. You say, I want to learn the best way to live, Pastor Zach. I want to learn the best way to live. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the life. 
Listen to this last verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Did you get the last point? Not only was God's glory seen, seen in a time of challenge in a response to craving, but it was seen in the person of Christ, Jesus Christ. God's glory in Jesus Christ. And you have your Bible. And you can go to your Bible every day and say, I want to see Jesus. Show me Jesus. We would see Jesus. And God will shine that glory into your heart. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Would you pray that? Would you pray that today and every day? I hope you don't soon forget this prayer. Show me your glory. Would you say that with me out loud? Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Would you pray it right now? Jesus, I want to know you. I can't go forward without you. I can't go forward. I can't handle this. Show me your way. Help me to find grace in your sight. Show me who you are. I can't go forward without your special presence and awareness of your presence and power in my life. God, would you show me your glory? And would you pray that not only today, but every day? And I promise you, God will show up in your life in unmistakable ways. He will shine his glory into your heart. He will change you into the same image. And then he will show up in unmistakable ways in your life so that you know he's real. Not just a word on the page. Not just someone others talk about. Not some concept. But a real, loving, good, all-powerful God. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.